0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, there are two easy ways to contact us. Please
1: contact us. Please. You can email us at the email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. You could also tweet at us using the Twitter handle sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition.
0: Um, and before we go on, we should, uh, as, as we try to do, um, if you've never listened to the show before, who the heck are we? I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. I am a husband to my wife Germaine for almost uh, later this month, seventeen years. Hey, way to go! Um, and father to our five children. Um, and I serve as the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls.
1: And uh, Father, I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, and I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, as well as the director of Pius XII Newman Center, serving uh, students and faculty at South Dakota State University. Go big, go blue, go
0: Jacks. And you've been a priest now for just over ten years. Yes, happy anniversary! Yeah, thank you very this
1: much. So. Yeah.
0: So, so ten anniversary? The what? Tin? I don't know. No, oh, okay. Tin for 10? I doubt it. Oh, okay. Tin's not a very precious metal at all.
1: No. I mean, 10,
0: though. I mean, 10 years. I mean. It's double I mean, digits. How... It's double digits. Come on. When you were a kid, you go from one digit to two digits. I didn't remember nothing. nothing. About that. Nothing? I don't think I remember nothing. I about... know
1: nothing. <laughs> you, remember, you remember nothing. You, that's how much you remember about this. It's
0: pretty much. I right. mean, it's a really big deal. Fourth grade. It's a big I deal because you go from grade. single
1: digits to double digits. I know. You're just telling me that.
0: Yeah. So what's the big deal? I don't know. We're not here to talk, here to talk about. We are talking about numbers. We are. We're going to talk about a fortnight. Yes. What's a fortnight? Two weeks. What's a score, Father? Twenty. Nice. Four score and seven years ago. Yes. Eighty-seven years ago. Um, you know, it'd be a lot less words.
1: I'm not, I'm, I don't want to quibble with Abraham Lincoln,
0: but you're going to anyway. Yes. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> want to, but I'm, I'm that's I'm, such a, think about that. Totally. I don't want to quibble with so-and-so, but okay. If you really don't want to, then why are you going to? Why do we, that's, what is that? Why do we say that? False
1: humility. I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to appear as if I could possibly correct Abraham Lincoln. In his oratory choices,
0: but
1: <laughs> but why didn't you say 87? 87 years ago?
0: I don't know. I really don't seven
1: know. and eighty, eight decades, one half decade,
0: and one fifth of a decade ago. Maybe they talked about scores more than they might have. They might have. I'm guessing
1: that's why. it's probably it. Or it had something to do with the fact that he was a vampire hunter? <laughs> no?
0: Um, I'm going to go with this. He knew that it'd stick out in people's minds more, that school children remember four score and seven years ago more than 87 years ago.
1: Would they remember four score if he thought that everyone talked about scores?
0: No, but maybe they didn't. So this is my alternate theory. They didn't talk about scores, but so by talking about them, he was he was deliberate he was using um, a rhetorical hook to anchor the Gettysburg Address more deeply into the minds of and hearts. The powers of persuasion. Exactly. Oh, okay. Rhetoric. But we're not talking about scores. No, we're talking about fortnights. Fortnights. The fortnight for freedom specifically.
1: And again, fortnight means 14 days, not just a night in a fort.
0: Correct. Yep. For, uh, and, and the Fortnite for Freedom, this is the, th- oh, maybe fourth now. Fortnite for no, Freedom. it's like the fifth. No. Yes. No. Yes. Way. Yeah. Okay. Way.
1: Because hasn't it been since the Affordable Care Act was passed? And that was passed in 2010, wasn't it?
0: I don't remember. I confess.
1: Okay. You confess your ignorance on the issue I that we prepared to talk about of in this exact of exactly of how Ignition? many
0: years? Not complete ignorance, partial ignorance. And I will willingly confess partial ignorance about almost everything. Yeah. Uh, so the Fort, what, what is the, I just try
1: I just try to act like I'm not ignorant and just act like I know it already. Uh,
0: the 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 Fortnight for Freedom is an initiative which we've been celebrating for several years now. Um, every summer, um, at the the request and directive of the bishops of the United States. Um, specifically, coming, uh, reminding Catholics of, of the importance and value of our first freedom, our first liberty, uh, the First Amendment to the Constitution, which before it talks about the importance of a free press, talks about the, the importance of religious liberty. Father, I'm actually struck a little bit by when people, I think, when a lot of people think, if you were to ask them, what is the First Amendment mm. about? I think many free people speech. would think about free speech. Um, and it does talk about that, but that's the second thing it talks about. First, it talks about um, the the freedom of, of religious liberty right. So we're actually in the midst as, as you're listening to this, we're in the midst of, Um, this year's Fortnite for freedom. Uh, it, it, this is something that begins on June 21st, which is the vigil of two saints who we'll talk about a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it concludes on July 4th, which of course is, uh, independence day for the United States of America, America, America. So, uh, the two saints whose feasts we celebrate on June 22nd, um, are saints, John Fisher and Thomas Moore.
1: You know we have a father John Fisher in our diocese.
0: I do, but he spells his name uh, I think a little bit de- more German. I think yeah, yeah, I can now. It's German. Faith. It's the C. Uh, father John Fisher, uh, who's at Vermilion right now. Say Agnes. name is F I S C H E R. He's gonna be really mad with me if I'm wrong about that because you spell his name. He was he was our pastor at Saint Lambert's in Sioux Falls for a couple years. In any case, S C H R. Okay, good. I got it right, Father. Yay. Um, And, and so, Father, so St. John Fisher, um, not this, not Father John Fisher, although uh, it'd be awesome if you were someday St. Father John Fisher.
1: That'd be great, yeah. Um,
0: We're talking about another John Fisher. Who was John Fisher, Father, the he, canonized one? He was a bishop
1: in England uh, during the time of the English Reformation. Right.
0: Yep. As was well, he Bishop of
1: Westminster? I don't know Bishop of okay.
0: where. Um, as was um, the other man who's. St. Thomas More. Who was a layman. And we have a parish named after him in our diocese. Yes, we do in Brooklyn. At least don't.
1: And then we have a Newman Center at Vermilion. Yes. a USD. There we go.
0: I think that's it. Yeah, I, don't, I think only one parish. Okay. Um, Thomas More was the. had been chancellor to King Henry VIII before he stepped down. And Father, actually, when we come back later to some. Action items, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think in his witness, yes. we see some oh. um, ideas on oh. different ways that we can bear witness to the first freedom. Excellent. But we'll get to that in a little bit.
1: Bear witness to the first freedom.
0: So... Um, this uh, Father mentioned the Affordable Care Act, part of uh, the U.S bishops uh, as, as that, that uh, law was being debated as a bill were concerned because of the mandates that it imposed. correct um, specifically with regard to, to contraception and so on. And so the bishops have been urging us to to uh, begin to urge us to, to really pray for the right to religious liberty uh, and then advocate for it as, as Catholics. And be educated about it. Right, right, inform ourselves, yeah. form ourselves, et cetera. Um, and so that's what we are in the midst. This is why we're. it's an. It's becoming an annual celebration because vigilance is required.
1: Yep, this is the fifth one. It the first the was one. 2012. 12, 13, 14,
0: 15, 16. So, yeah, but 16 minus 12 is four.
1: Yes, but 12 up to 16 is five. <laughs> yes. 12,
0: 13. I know. Don't I know. argue with my fingers. I, I just counted on my fingers. <laughs> I saw you. I... Anyway,
1: we're not uh, talking about... No, we're talking about the Fortnite for freedom and uh, what we can do and how to help you uh, respond.
0: Right. Yep. So um, I, th- I think some things that we can learn from St. John Fisher. I don't know, really know much about the life
1: of St. John Fisher. You know, I he,
0: didn't prep that. He was... Uh,
1: Thanks for... <laughs> Thanks. That's
0: what I do. I offer you up.
1: Here on Ignition, a podcast and radio show
0: for the new evangelization. Uh, if you have questions, although we haven't really talked about mutt If you have questions about scores, fortnights, fingers. But any like middle ignition, English
1: type words. Uh,
0: you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us. SF Diocese, use the hashtag Ignition.
1: Or the, hash ni- the hashtag score. Or score the hashtag ignition into the wood of the table in the restaurant you're at.
0: He's Father Andrew Dickinson. I am Chris Bergwald, and I'm wondering why we do this right now. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> okay, we should. We should. I, I should focus. This is a serious thing. So, uh, Saint John so tell Fisher. tell me about Saint John Fisher. Was because I as, really don't as, know. Because you said, a bishop. He had been. He he was uh, a tutor to Henry VIII oh, when yeah. Henry was. Uh, not of the House of Tudor, not of this story. Right. Uh, and not a tumor. No. It's
1: uh, not a tumor.
0: As a, as a boy, um, uh, John Fisher was a... Tu- when Henry was a boy. Got it. John Fisher Saint was a an Tudor.
1: And, and uh, Fisher was a bishop, we mentioned.
0: That right. Today. And he was one of, if not the only bishop, who re- refused to go along with the king's directives. The Oath of Supremacy. Right. Yep. Um. Thomas More, as I mentioned earlier, had been the chancellor, the lay lay chancellor uh, to the king. And I mentioned how I think his actions, his initial actions at least, I think are instructive. Initially, he just didn't say anything. All he asked for, initially at least, was the right to, well, was the freedom to not have to go along with what Henry was demanding.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm piercing my face at this. Yeah, you are. Because I think that kind of contradicts what we talk about later on in this very I know, episode. I know. Because we talk about the need to ad, advocate and educate, encourage, educate your peers, encouraging your priests to speak out.
0: So I think it's interesting that, that, that Thomas initially takes a route of non-confrontation, for lack of a better word right now. I'm not necessarily saying it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I find it interesting. Because why it's instructive to me is, in the end, it didn't matter.
1: Right. Man, I mean, I really feel like, the, the, you know, dear listeners, I feel like this very well could be like an actual like argument on the podcast.
0: I'm not advocating for his, his initial uh, course of action. I'm noting that he made it.
1: I thought you just said that like, there's something we could learn from the what what he first
0: we did. We can learn from something that that in his not in his uh passivity mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. The, the king kept pushing and, f- and 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 forced him eventually to mm-hmm. be more assertive in what he believed.
1: Did it matter though that in his lack of example others who might have been on the fence fell away as well?
0: It may have been yeah, I, I wonder if that's debate, Honestly, I don't know the details of. Nor do I. Of, of if it's debated, um, the wisdom of the, his initial course of action. Right. Uh, that's what he did, uh, but he was forced eventually to be more assertive in standing up for what he believed about the the, the supremacy of the Pope in matters of the Church, mm-hmm. um, and it led to him, as it did with John Fisher, to being beheaded, to being martyred for his faith, in the Tower. Right. Right. Yep. Um, and, and we talked about, um, we were talking in our last episode, uh, with a question from a listener about how to, re, how, what we do when your faith is starting to waver in college. We talked about opposition from peers, Henry. I mean, he had visits, I think letters if, and if from his wife, I think visits from his daughter asking him to just go along, right? begging with him, pleading with him. I mean, as, as a father myself, I, I can't imagine how difficult that would have been. And yet he couldn't. Right. Yeah. He had to stay true to that. Conscience, and, and he
1: had to stay in accord with the truth. but The truth was that uh, Henry VIII has no authority to make himself the supreme ruler of the church in England. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So, these two men, are. we begin the fortnight on the 21st, which is the vigil of their feasts. The church celebrates, you know, uh, to be clear here, the church celebrates um, th- these two men on the same day because of their common response to to Henry VIII's actions. Correct, correct. So we should, if nothing else, during this fortnight, again, which we're in the midst of now as you're listening to this probably, um, we should, if nothing else, seek their intercession for the the protection of religious liberty in our country. And that's it, our common response at Ignition. What do you do when this is happening? Step one, pray. pray. Right. So God can do more than you can do. Exactly. It's not all on, we're called to do our part, but all we can do is all we can do. Right. So we have a role to play, but he is the one who will accomplish his purposes in the end. Correct. So pray, and particularly during the Fortnight for Freedom, uh, we would recommend that you, you you seek the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More because of the the ultimate witness. And St. John the Baptist. Right, right. Whose birth we will celebrate yep. um, during this fortnight as well. Um, uh, and as such, it's six almost six months before Christmas, Father. Correct? Just wanted to point that
1: Start up. your Christmas shopping now.
0: Yeah. Get in those sales. Um, so hit the witness that he bore Thomas More, John Fisher, seek their intercession for our country. So um, that's one thing that we can do is prayer. I think, Father, we should talk about something that we shouldn't do.
1: Right. Don't give in to the culture of outrage.
0: Just <sighs> yeah. got to freak out. Yeah, I, Can you believe? My goodness, what the heck's going on? Da, 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 da. I'm typing in all caps with
1: lots of exclamation points <laughs> and maybe some ones because my finger shift uh, moved off the shift key.
0: Yes. In my in my rage as my fingers were shaking. Right.
1: Yeah. So just, you know, the, this idea of culture of outrage and also this idea to the idea, too, that I have to prove my worth in some way by showing the appropriate levels of outrage. Say more about that. Oh, just kind of this idea that if I hear about something bad and I don't go to a public social platform and express my outrage, then therefore I'm not a good member of whatever group I think I'm in.
0: Right, right. And that's you know we talked a lot about the culture of outrage in episode 228 um, of Ignition, but that's just the one of the things that uh, I, I'm struck by today that if is social is really is is the, the greatest thing i can do to take social action when there is a legitimate injustice being done is going onto social media right. and complaining about right. it is that really effective
1: right i mean how do we ever get anything done uh, before twitter right by the way if you want to contact us at uh, ignition uh, you can tweet us and you might get something done by because we might you might give us a suggestion you might give us a question that we'd answer in the show uh, and so you could do that uh, by tweeting at SF
0: diocese using
1: the hashtag ignition you can also email us
0: ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, a priest of no consequence. And here listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. And we're talking about the fortnight for freedom that uh, we are uh, celebrating as American Catholics uh, from June 21st until July 4th. We're trying to talk about it at least. We're doing better <laughs> in this segment, I think. Yeah, than, we've gotten better.
1: Our, we've warmed, we've slowly warmed up. Yep. Let's yep. see if we can yep. just really.
0: And you know, a crock pot is better than a microwave, Father. Slow right? cooking. So, yeah, Unless it's you, popcorn. You got to get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, wow. New life goal. I'm going to see if I can cook popcorn in a crock pot. Uh,
0: I still advocate stovetop popcorn over microwave. Oh, totally. Totally. And it's slower than a microwave. Yep. We're not here talking about kitchen appliances. We're talking about the Fortnite for Freedom and the threats to religious liberty um, that, that are real in our country. Which, which is
1: real. And in some ways, maybe I'm goofy because in some ways I don't want to be talking about this. So I'd rather uh, talk about Jesus and the life of Christ and the soul um, but we have to
0: talk about this, right? And I you know, we need to talk about this. And this is something um, that we uh, we talked about when we were prepping this. The difficulty, and, and it's just you're talking to me. I mean, you got you got a friendly audience here, father, to talk about. You know, at the guy—at least in terms of the guy across the table from you—right, you. right, right. Um, I, I'm I, very aware of the microphone that's in between us. Though. Right. Yes, but I do think—I think, think of—and you made this point actually, and it was a great point—the um, the importance of f- for us as lay people to encourage our priests mm. to yeah, take yeah. on the, because what you just said makes sense. It's easier to talk about Jesus and so on than to talk about some of these difficult things. Right.
1: I'd rather talk about those things. And so one of the things to do in the fortnight for freedom is uh, to encourage your priest to speak out, um, but also to make some civic action in a, not in a outraged way, but in a reasoned way. Remember, the faith is always reasonable. Right. Uh, And uh, what we ask for is really, in a sense, not even something of faith. It's something of just humanity of our religious presence in the public square. Oh, but so educate your peers about this. Uh, Write letters to the editor. Write letters to senators and congressmen. Right. Letters to the president. Yep. Um, Inform yourself. Why is this important? If you hear this or see this in a bulletin and you're like, "Uh, what the world? What's Bishop Swain doing? Or What's Father Andrew up to? Inform yourself. Look at the resources. See why is this something that we care about? Why is something Pope Francis cares about?
0: Right. And that's a great point. This is... We're celebrating this in, in a particular American context because of what's going on in our day and time, day and age right now. We can only uh, live in our time, right. right? But it but it is it's a it's a universal issue. Uh, this is something which which the church is um, always been attentive to. The struggle between church and state has been going on forever, right? Um, and and um, we shouldn't be surprised that it's it's present here and now today.
1: And it was funny, just a few uh, short nine years ago, when Pope Benedict visited the U.S. This is one of the things that he actually lauded the American uh, democratic experiment upon is the allowance for religious freedom as compared to the way democracy in other countries came about, where it often came about very antagonistically against uh, churches.
0: Right, and I think it goes back to yeah, yeah. That we've always there's always been at least um, oh. Articles of of, uh, tolerance, at minimum, it's been described as that way, Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, hostility between the church and state. Correct. Um, I I think, Father, in terms of informing ourselves, one thing that's important to understand is um, I think we need to accept that, um, and this is not being pessimistic, just realistic, that where we are today as a society, we are living in a post-Christian culture. That doesn't mean... that, that Christianity is completely absent from our culture, mm-hmm. but it's not dominant in the way that it was in, in decades past. Right. Uh, and
1: we're not saying we're a minority in any respect. Um, but just, uh, yeah, that, that more and more, the, the streams of our culture, the expressions of art, of politics, of, um, of music, which is art, but, uh, they're more and more, uh, Post-Christian or even opposed to Christian worldviews
0: and Christian vision of being human, right? The elite culture—not all of the elites, not all those who hold the levers of power. But I don't like the word elite. Well, it's a, it's a word. It's in the dictionary. Look at yeah. it up. Yeah, I know,
1: and I, I know, I know. I'm I'm just saying I don't like because I, I feel like when when I start to use the word elite, I feel like uh, I'm branding myself as like a
0: conspiracy wacko. Oh, yeah. Wait, it could be. I suppose it could be misused that way. Yeah. But, in any case, th- those who th- there there are people who have do have more power and influence correct, correct. In, in in spheres of politics and and everything you just said, art, et cetera, et cetera. and and unfortunately, many of them are um at least ambivalent, if not antagonistic towards uh, Christian faith, hardly a good Samaritan right so so, I think recognizing that. And 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 when we recognize that, I think that will shift our understanding. Um, it, it will it will change how it'll change our mindset and mentality. Um, because I think there is, in a sense, a real freedom that comes with accepting mm-hmm. that. Right. Because there, I think there, in a sense, there can there can be a sense of of grieving and loss. Oh, but if you okay, this is where we are today. So what now am I going to do about it?
1: And living in the past in
0: in, in an unfruitful way. Right. So um, I think it's worth talking a little bit, Father, uh, in the few minutes we have left about just thinking a little bit more about that. Why are, why are we where we are? Why would anybody advocate for a post-Christian culture? Yeah, it seems it's an interesting question
1: that you might ask yourself. Why, if, you know, in your words, the elites are those who seem to have more control of of culture, of politic, of access to information, why would they seem to be wanting to move? Is it an accidental movement? Is it a purposeful movement? Is it an inevitable movement? Right. Uh, but why would this be the case? Why would there be um, – because it seems certainly like there's some people who want to remove religion and religious living from the public square.
0: Right. I, I think – Definitely, in the case of some, and I do think this is probably a minority, but some people do believe that religious belief is a bad thing. Right? Period. Right. That 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 religion is is contrary to the common good. So I'm thinking of your Richard Dawkins type new right. atheists um, who just think all religion is bad. Period.
1: And but I think there's also been some who uh, not just religion is bad, but um, some who have really gone against specific teachings or things which reflect uh, the judeo-christian atmosphere i'm thinking especially about uh, sexual morales right and whether it's through contraception abortion uh divorce and remarriage uh and now the the kind of the popular things of the day through uh same-sex marriages same-sex attraction and uh even transgenderism
0: right right that that people may not reject Christianity completely, but they reject those aspects of Christian Christianity. Christian.
1: Right. And for the sake of their cause in that regard, uh well intended, not well intended, then they will uh, want to to get rid of anything that would oppose their cause. Right. And classic Judeo Christian morals would be opposed to that. Right. Absolutely. And so uh, with with great energy at times they will they will oppose that.
0: I think also there's a reality, I mean, uh, coming from a a good intention, um, but going too far of tolerance running amok, Mm -hmm. you know, that that we don't want to impose my morality on someone else and you shouldn't impose your morality on someone else. Right. We've talked about, you know, there's certainly some truth to that, um, but what we're called to do is love one another, not just simply tolerate Tolerate.
1: one another. And also too, that if uh, tolerance assumes that there is no truth. That right. There's no right way to be human. Right. And so, and then just one other th- interesting thought, uh, maybe just we could do a po- uh, an ignition episode on this sometimes, but about the nature of civic society. But the, I think there's some who want to remove any non-governmental civic institution in, from our society. And society is made up, so the, society existed before there was government. Right. You know, there was family. Right. And then there was associations and then there was churches and religion and things like that. And then we have uh, federal government as kind of the top of it all. Uh, Top not in the sense of best, but top in the sense of farthest removed from day-to-day living. Right. Uh, Most removed from uh, subsidiarity in that regard. And so... I think there might even be in some people a desire to think like, well, we should put this all in one big package because then we'll do human living best if we do it here at this uh, this federal level and away from the messiness and uh, the uncertainty of families, of churches, of other civic institutions, businesses.
0: Right. Um, just real quick on that, there was a, a famous uh, Harvard sociologist, Carl Zimmerman, okay. whose great work is Family and Civilization. He, he died years ago, but he saw, when he looked at civilizations, mm-hmm. their final stage before they died, where it was just the state and the individual. Huh. And he just, just a study of the history of civilization.
1: That's fascinating. That'd be a really good thing to look at.
0: And with that, on that happy note, we'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Uh, again, you can email us with any questions you might have. Ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us, SFDioces, use the hashtag Ignition.
1: Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.